Welcome to the Painter Files Podcast. I am your host, Jaws Blake, as you well know. This is episode 135. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. So yeah, I'm okay. I didn't think I would be as well-rounded about all this <laughs> as I am with the whole condo stuff and all those things so we found a new condo uh real estate agent um they're gonna help us we have to put in a new carpet so we got a new quote today this morning um i just spackled and painted i spackled and i'm gonna sand all these spots where like the wall the paint was coming off as i've also kind of uh uh scratched off those parts as well but just to make it all even uh, i gotta sand it after it all dries and then then we're gonna paint it'll be uh it'll be interesting (laughs) i don't know it'll be fun but it'll be interesting it's always funny because everybody looks at it and they go oh you're a painter and i'm like yeah this is different (laughs) this is literally just taking like eggshell a roller and then just going over and stuff and i mean that's fine i don't mind but it's just kind of one of those things where people think they're equivalent and it's like no this is a little different this is more kind of what i do before i do a mural i'll do like a lot of i'll do a primer thing first so that's what this is this is more kind of like the base coat and that's all i gotta do and i don't have to worry so much i am gonna put down a tarp obviously but i don't really need to even put down a tarp because all this carbage is coming up so it doesn't really matter um yeah other than that i feel pretty good i mean i'm definitely i'm hurting a little bit because of the weather change uh it is funny that everybody keeps acting like oh yeah it's summer now and i'm like you forgot spring (laughs) how did you forget that spring is like the next season winter spring summer but they've just skipped to that they're just like nah it's gonna be summer now i'm just like you've been inside too long you are desperately losing your minds trying to figure out what to do next as you spend another season on the inside. Uh, It's just very interesting. My shop is moving about two miles to a mile away, so I'm going to have a different commute coming up, so that should be interesting. I feel like all my morning plans are basically going to abruptly end. So that's a little less exciting because I do like to do a lot of like editing and video stuff and like voice recording and sometimes adding like my vocal tracks to video pieces that I put out so I guess I got to do that at night now that's a little more difficult it's kind of easier sometimes because like the house is empty uh minus the bad little cats so I'm not having to ask Alec. I'm just like, get to be real quiet real quick because i got to record like 35 minutes of <laughs> of video, of uh, audio. And it's just, yeah. So i got to figure that out. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I am going to do it. Um, I am drinking lots and lots and crazy amounts of water. Uh, spackling is difficult. Like if anybody tells you it's not, like that is a workout, like a real workout. Drink some water, please. I think that's kind of the thing that people forget. Like, the seasons are cold, and but you still need to drink lots and lots of water. So, yeah. Ingest. This is 
mainly it. And I'm having to also make sure the cats don't try and rub up against the spackle. It is a fun experience. <sighs> so, art stuff. What art stuff am I doing? Nothing. Nothing at all. No. Um, I'm working on the coloring book stuff. I've been kind of doing a lot of little illustrations that I think would be really cool to see in like kind of an updated, weird <laughs> universe 747 like madness kind of coloring book thing. And it's interesting, honestly. I'm seeing all these kind of like weird uh, uh, eldritch monster <laughs> looking strange subjects but i'm enjoying it i really am i think they're funny little kind of brain walkabouts of me just kind of going out and around the world and then coming back with these like figures with multiple designs inside of them and i look at them and i think this would be really cool to make into an actual like 3d object like a legitimate type of thing that you could hold in your hands so one day we'll get to that we can't get to that just yet but one day we will i've been finding little bits and pieces in like art stores and craft shops and hardware stores and i'm looking at them and i'm like i can actually do this this would actually work <laughs> and that's kind of a fun little world to live in where my brain goes hey how about you make something really amazing that no one else has ever seen before and it just kind of grabs you grabs hold of you and dif differentiates all the other things that you've made and i like that concept that idea that brain traveling strange bit of uh uneaten potato <laughs> Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge reference um, yeah so I think that's kind of funky and then there's a podcast that's the you're listening to currently as well as like the YouTube channel the YouTube channel I'm trying to do a video a day sometimes they're 15 seconds sometimes they're 30 seconds sometimes they're several minutes I'm just trying to do something every single day I just want to build that into this juggernaut. And I've said that before, and I've given up on it on many occasions, but I think in this case, I'm just letting it go. I'm just making it into the world, sharing it, and then just not putting so much weight on myself about it. And I feel like that is giving me so much more freedom to just make things and see where they go. And the funny thing is the more people that see them, the more I get like mixed reactions. I get thumbs down, I get like weird little comments, I get fun comments and conversations and all these things. And it's just it's a part of it's a part of the world. And that's kind of interesting. People who wouldn't want to see my work see my work now. And that's just like this funny little kind of abstract audience of mine that I did not expect to find but or find me and yet here we are so it's kind of amusing I've always told people I'm like you know the nicest thing you can do with any of this work that you see is like it comment on it and share it with somebody else 
I'd, I'd love subscribers. I'd love so many subscribers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the other, the other three parts, I mean, they, they do a lot on everything. Anything and everything that I do, it's such a strong kind of grabbing aspect. And then there's the Patreon. The Patreon is like this thing, this, this beast with a tail that just keeps growing in length. And I'm excited about that. I really, truly am. I'm making all these little kind of bits of content for them via videos and audio stuff and private little kind of things that are just between us as I make things and just everything, the abstracts. And I feel like it's really beautiful. And I'm scared a little bit because I know I'm going to lose this studio when we move. And we may, we may get another studio almost immediately that I can just kind of jumble myself into and go for. But I have this fear and this sadness about losing this place. It has been my oasis for eight years. My place where I can make things away from the prying eyes of other people. Where I can just kind of put things down and go through things and make things. And... The idea of losing that is just really, really sad to me. Because, like, we didn't want to leave. We didn't want to leave this place. Like, this wasn't, it wasn't like we were ready to go. We, we wanted to move and have a house and have a big studio in the backyard and maybe even a part of the house and stuff like that when we got a house. But now we've kind of had to speed things up in that timeline. So I'm not really guaranteed how long it'll be in between those moments. So I'm a little afraid to start something big because I don't know that I'm going to be able to follow through with it. I'm a little afraid on where I'm going to put things, in all honesty. Because some of this stuff is just going to go in storage. It's just going to sit in a climate-controlled box, and that is unfathomable in a way, I guess, is the right words. I don't know. I don't know what the right words are anymore. I want to have and be able to really enjoy this space. It is a, a loved one in a lot of ways. And it's a loved one that will be going away. And I don't know that it's going to go to like someone else who's going to use it as I did. In all honesty, they're probably going, it's probably going to be somebody, some corporate entity that buys it and turns it into these loft apartments that are like super sexy and overpriced in the next five or six years. It's so weird to be an artist like many other artists that I've looked up to, who's just kind of being gentrified out of his space. <sighs> and I don't know that I'll get the value that we're supposed to get for it either. That's kind of how gentrification works. They, they take a space that people live in and people make really nice and cozy. And then they go, we can make a lot of money here. And so they buy up all the stuff and they make everything cost too much. And then all the nice people who live there have to go. And then they have to figure out where they're going to be. And maybe they'll start another place that has that vibe. If they're lucky. 
Or maybe they'll never find that vibe again. I have a very lost, sad feeling about it. And I want to feel excited, like this is a new adventure. Like I'm immortal in my in my impossibility factors, in my great moments of fuck it, this shall be incredible. But I am sad and worried about it. I mean that's the truth. Take my vitamins, I walk, I paint, I talk to my spirits, I find myself playing with my cats on the floor. (laughs) I watch movies with my wife and go to little parties recently with my friends. Where we sit around, drink, eat cheese and crackers and olives and and vibe under the concept that you know I'm this great artist who's going to bring some type of amazing thing to the world and I have a fear that when I don't have a space to make things that that will be hindered that I will change somehow my personal identity and I know like part of that is like my perception Part of that is reality, though. So, I don't know. We started a GoFundMe, uh, for those who don't know. And I'll put a link in the description. And it's doing well. I mean, lots of people are donating. So thank you to everybody who's done that. That's super sweet. Uh, For those who can't donate, please just share it. That makes a whole lot of difference. I'm shocked by some of the people I don't even know who've given money to this. So, just thank you. I think it's really beautiful that you want to help us. So, yeah. (laughs) I didn't want us to be so down. I wanted to tell you all these great art things that I was coming up with, but it's just... But it's just so... So hard. But... I do have faith that it will get better. I don't know what it's based on, but it is there. I I will keep my blind faith on that because I feel like it is what drives me. So quickly, I just want to say this very, very quickly. Please go support the Patreon. <laughs> uh, you can find me via the link in the description. It's a Juara Blake Patreon. Blah 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 blah. Um, there's lots of cool stuff that we do. We have lots of very Patreon-specific things. A lot of kind of behind the curtain. A lot of little special conversation pieces and all these other types of things. So I would love for you to join so that we could uh, expand our our. Uh, click of uh, Mantis. So I remember this first project I did when I went to art school. 
I remember like the first big project, like the giant successful one. The one where like I envisioned it was going to be something and then it just turned into it. It came together and it was like this, that moment where. Like, some of us never get there. I got there when I was 22. <laughs> yes, humble brag, humble brag. No, um, I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. It was not an easy task to get to this point where I had given up and then started over and had to, like, relearn a bunch of skills and then, like, found this confidence in my own artwork and just all these things. And I did it through a lot of practice and a lot of stubbornness and then giving up and reading a bunch of art books that I didn't think I'd need and learning color theory and all these types of things. But I remember it. I had to, it was like a worksheet type of art project where I had to do five different types of style on a painting, in acrylic, on a canvas. And I went out and bought an easel from Michael's that was super cheap and a bunch of paint and a bunch of brushes. <laughs> I probably couldn't have spent more than $30 on everything. And then I just kind of started going from there. I worked up trying to work up a face and then like textures and patterns and color and like wheels of uh, color and then, then, you know, like hues as far as like grayscales and all this stuff and it was all in there all very subtly in the painting and my buddy Kat had also done the same thing and she had done uh she had done a remake of a Dali painting and I had not imagined how she had done it so I asked her I was like how'd you get such straight lines and she's like painter's tape and I was like wait what's painter's tape <laughs> and then she showed me and me and my friend were all like, oh, man. And we were like the three kids who took the art class like really seriously. So we had started making all this work. And we we were just buddies and we were friends. And we hung out and we did all that stuff. We made art. And we'd all disappear in our little art spaces all over the city just kind of making them. And it was it was so gratifying to have like an art group of people. And it was weird because, like, I had been thinking all the whole time, like, I needed to find, like, an art crew. Because I had seen art crews where people had had them, and they were so amazing and so supportive. And I wanted that. I wanted that so bad. And I didn't realize in the middle of having it that I was in one. <laughs> I thought I needed, like, some type of, like, Rough Riders, like, type of group or something that I was, like, you know, a bunch of, like, young Afro-Latino men who were all trying to like lift each other up and you know like some type of group or whatever but in actuality it was me this very skinny little blonde girl with glasses who wore overalls all the time named cat and then this little goofy white kid who loved death cab for cutie um chris and then this one dude with dreadlocks who used to take pieces of his dreads that he would cut off and then glue them into paintings for texture. Um, Omar. I think his name was Omar. Um, and he was just, it was just, we were this, this crew of people who showed up and did all this art stuff and did all these things. And I was just, I didn't know I was there. And it was so great though, to just like have that. And this, this one 
sweet, sweet, uh, older black woman named Ebony. And she was just really happy to be part of an art thing. <laughs> and it was, and they were all really talented people, but they were talented in different ways with their artwork. And I was just, I didn't know I was in the such great, uh, I didn't realize I was in such great company until it was all over. And that's when it dawned on me. But they gave me the confidence because we were always trying to outdo each other. And so they gave me the confidence to just kind of just go for it and stop being afraid to like put put it on the canvas, put the paint on the canvas, which is typically like the worst thing for most people. Like getting past the blank spaces is like deeply one of the most terrifying and just beat you down type of situations where you sit there and you sit there and you stare at it and it stares and it feels like it's staring back at you you know it's just that type of pressure that's just there waiting to go like hey so you gonna follow through with this or what and it was just it was so different and so powerful but i've never forgotten it not to this day i don't even remember the painting i sold the painting Actually, I made like a whole universe of paintings around that. I did like five or six that were all like the man, the woman, the child, the the animal, the world, the ocean, I think. And they were just like these. I have no pictures of them whatsoever. <laughs> if you can find my old MySpace, if it still ever existed, which I don't think it does, um, you could see some of that work. And shout out to Jeff Ray. Uh, he bought quite a few of those, and it really got me started. I remember the art show that happened that year, consequently, and I sold everything on the art show that one night, and it made me into a monster because <laughs> I just had no fear after that. I was like, oh, man, I can make anything. This is amazing. I have this power in me. And it's so crazy because I had like been studying art for so long. I studied under professors in high school and I studied under, you know, like real like college, like people paid money to study under these people type people. And they saw potential in me, but I didn't see it. And it was just that kind of moment where like you put your passion into what you're doing and you just go for it. You're in a huff. You're in a sweat. You're a little ripped afterwards because <laughs> your whole body's just tense. And then you, you put it down. And it's, it's so beautiful. And I remember being in a figure drawing class later, uh, one of the ones you paid for to go to afterwards. And I was like, I just feel like I only like to paint with dark colors. And this person said, yeah, you're at that stage like as a painter. Where, like, you feel like everything needs to be, like, dark and brooding and feel that. And it's like, that's a phase. You'll, you'll outgrow it. And they're right. I totally did. I totally did. My favorite colors still to this day are yellow, red, and blue. And I don't care about anything else. Like, I mix and I make color, I make highs and I make lows and I mix paints and I do all that stuff. But I, I absolutely have, like, I've never forgotten my primary lessons in which really kind of grabbed me. And I'm watching like Carnival and stuff like that in Brazil right now for 2022. And I'm just getting inspired by all these things that are just there. They're so powerful and so potent. And I'm 
extremely blown away by how much power and strength I draw from them. And that's kind of funny to me. And we're having painter shoes. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I used to always see people who had, like, these shoes, these kids or whatever. They have kids or Converse that were covered in paint. Me, I bought some old grandpa brown loafer, like, comfortable walking shoes. And I just wore them throughout art school. They had rubber soles and they were brown. And I wore them every single day. <laughs> and they'd have paint on them, and then I'd just kind of rub it off, and I'd keep going. And it felt like I should have had, like, one of those little uh, one of those little corncob hats or something while it was going on. I didn't, so you don't have to come at me. But it felt like, yeah, I felt like I was, like, you know, doing my little thing, honestly. It was kind of funny. And it was this whole idea of, like, T-shirt, jeans, corduroys, my little shoes, uh, typically some type of soccer world cup jacket. <laughs> and I'd just go for it. And then eventually it turned into the green army jacket with the patches. And, yeah, it was just, it was my look. Or a peacoat, if it were cold. Never layers. Just a peacoat and she shirt. That was the key. And we'd take, like, the school newspaper and put it underneath us so we could sit outside on the cold metal and not be freezing our butts off. And we'd just draw in our sketchbooks and listen to our headphones, have a splitter, and share an earphone jack and listen to Bjork or whatever and just make all these like weird bad art projects all these plans for all these weird projects and all these paintings and i made like i don't know a hundred or so off of like sketchbook sketches and just everything and it was really it was a great time to be creative and i'll, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life God, that was so great. Like, it's not often I say that when I do like a, a painter file story that I feel like, wow, that was a really great, that was a really great one. <laughs> but I do. I feel like that was a really great one. Um, so, yeah, let's do some meditation. I know I need to do some. I don't know about you, but I need to do some. It has been that type of week. Oof. I mean, seriously. Just, hmm. Okay. Breathe in for me, breathe out for me. So I used to be a swimmer. I don't know if you guys knew that about me. I was a swim coach, a lifeguard, a canoe instructor. I was all that stuff. And I used to love to just get in a pool or in the ocean. I was a surfer. Get in the pool or an ocean or whatever and just hop in the water and just swim. You know, and as many things are as there are as in the water, there is also just the calm and the peacefulness of the of the water. So I want you to imagine yourself 
in a completely safe pool of water. <laughs> I know the open water idea can be a little stressful, so I want to breathe again. So I want you to just imagine you're floating on your back. Your face is slightly pushing over the water. Your arms are submerged, your back of your head, your chest, your neck, your legs, your butt, your feet, all those parts, your ears. Everything's underwater. You're not going to dip. You're not going to do anything. You're just going to breathe. There's so many distractions constantly around you. But underwater, everything's kind of backed away. You can just be you. And I know sometimes that's a fearful thing because we live in a world where they tell you, you know, you, you, you are your worst enemy, but you're also your best friend. And I want you to, I want you to think about that. You are your best friend. Sometimes you're not a good best friend, but you are your best friend. So being your best friend, I just want you to listen to your best friend. What are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself you're hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you comfortable? Are you uncomfortable? And just lay there. I want you to get up and lay down on the floor as you listen to this. Lay flat. Feel the energy underneath you. Feel all the air above you. You're floating. You're just there. You're going to take all that energy you don't need and you're going to give it back to the ground. You're going to take in all that good energy that you need and you're going to pull it in from your surroundings. As you let the world recycle all that energy you don't need, it gives you new energy that you do. You're recharging. You're finding bliss in the simplicity of just yourself and your best friend. <laughs> it's just this beautiful moment of, of rebirth. Your heart's going to fill... Your lungs are going to fill, your head is going to fill, your stomach's going to fill, your muscles are going to fill, and then you're just going to exhale, and like a pumping heart, you know, let all that out, and then bring in new, all that out, and then bring in new. Think of the way like a sponge works, where you squeeze it and all the stuff comes out, and then as you let it go, it slowly expands and grows back into the shape of a sponge. Just be kind, and be gentle, and be useful to yourself. <laughs> Okay, Galeras. Well, that was it. <laughs> I hope you had a great night. I hope you had a great day whenever you listen to this. Um, please support the podcast if you can. Um, 
any of the links down below um please share please like please subscribe please give five stars if you can uh wherever you're listening to this please go to the web please go to the youtube painter files um please like subscribe comment and share it to other people this is mainly the main thing i'm going to tell you to do with all these things please do it with the with the uh with the the patreon and so on and so forth uh, I want to thank all the great people in my life and the great sponsors in my life. Yasuo Tomi. <laughs> I love to say it like that. Yasuo Tomi Inc. Um, throw them up some love if you can. Go to your local art store. Pick up some cool stuff. They are amazing. I use a lot of their work, and it works really well for me. And they, it's got me through a lot of really great times in my life. Also, uh, please check out Artisan Wellness Project with from my brother Netararu. He is incredible, and he makes incredible products that are just so good for you. And it's going to make you feel good. And, like, that's really the goal, you know? The goal is to just feel good and do good. So with further, uh, with further <laughs> notice, uh, please just have a good time. Be nice to yourselves, and I will talk to you later. All right. This is Jaws Blake from the Painter Files signing out. Painter out. Bye. Ciao.